0: Hey Checkmates, Uh, I apologize in advance for the slightly somber start to this episode. The episode that you're about to hear, I actually think it's a really good episode, and it's got a good high energy, and uh, you'll you'll hear that in full, you'll get the full intro of me telling you what's on the episode and all that here in in just a little bit, but I want to take a moment here at the start of the show to uh, dedicate this episode to a friend of mine who um, passed away this week. Um... Sorry, that was a little harder to say than I thought it would be. Um, as you can tell, like we're not going to talk about that in this episode, partially because it was already recorded, but also because I can't. Um, my, my friend, uh, John passed away this week, suddenly. Um, that's all I'll say about that right now in this, in this form. Um, he was a great supporter of mine as a musician. He constantly promoted my music a couple of times. He had promoted this podcast, and um, I needed to acknowledge that here at the start of this episode and just say something about it, because it, it struck me that in the past several months, you guys have listened to me uh, be in tears talking about the death of a pro wrestler, Daphne uh, Unger, and uh, you've heard me get a little bit teary-eyed talking about comedian Norm Macdonald, and even last week I bid farewell to Mike Nesmith, and it just seemed insane not to say something about a personal friend that meant so much to me. So this episode, even though I don't necessarily know that he's—he ever would have been a fan of half of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, uh, he was certainly a music fan and a fan of my music, and uh, this episode— is uh... dedicated to my friend John and maybe we'll talk about him more on a upcoming episode but not not here tonight um... enjoy this it's a fun one and it's 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 high energy and it's a good time and and i think you'll really like it thank you for indulging me here for a few minutes up top i really appreciate that i'm going to allow ten seconds of silence to pass here between Whatever my last words are in this part of the of the introduction, and there will be ten seconds of silence, and then the uh, high energy fun introduction <laughs> for the uh, actual show will start. But I, I just wanted to I just wanted to say that um, this one's fun, and one of the things that John was kind of best at was having fun, and he he found he found the humor in everything, he found the fun in everything, and I think that's a fitting episode, or a fitting, this is a fitting episode, and it's a fitting energy to dedicate to my friend. Um, I want to read you one thing, and then we'll do the 10 seconds of silence. Uh, this is something that uh, John said that his family posted in his obituary, and uh, at the end of every show, I say, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. John, uh, had a uh, much more thorough version of that, and this is what he wrote. Find things to laugh about. Spend time with family and friends. Don't let someone ruin your day. Treat people the way you want to be treated. How you react to things that happen in life is much more important than the things that happen. Practice random acts of kindness. Pay for someone's meal at a restaurant drive through Remember that you're not always right, and they're not always wrong. People say things from their own perspective. Thanks, John. This one's for you. Checkmates at home, please join me in 10 seconds of silence, and then we'll hit you with a very different tone. Thanks. In today's episode, we're counting down my top 10 favorite albums of 2021. It's entirely likely I'm going to end up talking about like 50 different albums, but we're going to focus, really focus on 10. Or 15. Or so. Anyway, top 10 episode! I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on a time undisclosed in a place you could probably guess. Hope everybody's doing okay out there, doing pretty good myself. The uh, back pain that I've been in since before Christmas seems to have given me a little bit of a reprieve. I'm feeling a little bit better. That's good news. And, uh,. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm recording this just a little bit after Christmas. I had a good Christmas. I hope you did too. If you celebrate, uh, if not, then um, sorry. I'll I'll do better next time. I guess. I what do you want from me? This is putting so much pressure on this relationship. I'm uh, drinking. Uh, as you <laughs> may have already guessed, I'm drinking. And uh, what I am drinking is an Odell Brewing Company Isolation Ale, one of my favorite beers. It's a uh, seasonal beer, only available for a little bit going into winter, and uh, uh, it's it's nice. It's warming. It's a little bit higher ABV. It's a, b- about a six percenter, um, so not not crazy, but a little bit a uh, little bit more than your your average beer. And uh, the Odell Brewing Company is a cool company out of Colorado, and I've liked them for a number of years, although they keep taking away flavors that I like. Their Cutthroat Porter was great, and they don't make it anymore, from what I can tell. Uh, But otherwise, I I really do like them. They're a good company, and I, I like their stuff a lot. And Isolation Ale, I stumbled into gotta have been more than a decade ago, just when I was first getting into their stuff, and it's uh, it's a wonderful beer, and I've, I'm enjoying it now. I was very lucky to bump into it at my local liquor store. I got the last box of it, and I was very excited. So we're enjoying that tonight. Hope you're enjoying something of your own, even if it's just water or air. You, you, you can just enjoy sitting around breathing. That's that's okay. That's whatever Uh, you do you. Me, I've got a nice beer. Uh, we are going to be counting down my top 10 favorite albums of 2021 this week. That's exciting. Going to have fun doing that. That's, uh, it's it's going to be more like, I mean, I'm going to mention a ton of albums, but I, I we're going to zero in on, on the top 10. We're going to do it in two segments, though. We're going to do the honorable mentions first, and then we're going to do the top 10. That's a prelude of things to come. First, I should tell you all the websites that you can go to that are somehow affiliated, I guess, with the show. And by affiliated, I mean I manage all of this. So uh, it's a thing that I touch. And uh, uh, yeah, if you like the show... And really, with quality like you're getting tonight, who wouldn't? If you like the show, it has a companion blog where there are photos and additional information and stuff like that over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on any podcast app of your choosing. You're probably listening to it on one now, but if not, we're on such things as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so on, most of the good ones. Uh, If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all stuff I wrote, and it's uh, all available for free over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can take it. I don't collect your email address. I would just love it if you loved it. Uh, I should say that all the songs that you'll be hearing tonight are from my album from, I think, like 2009, called New Year's Eve. Uh, because we're, uh, I think this episode's going up on New Year's Eve, so that's a tie-in, is what it is. If you like me, and again, who wouldn't, uh, you can find out more about me and specifically my music career over at DerekBrink.com, and if you want to talk to me, and who wouldn't, you can email me at db at DerekBrink.com, that's my initials, DB. At DerekBrink.com, I always respond to emails. In fact, I've got several that I want to read on the show, and I'm waiting for permission on one or two of them. And uh, if I if I get your permission, I will read your email on the show and answer it there. But I'll I'll always answer you if you email me, unless you're just like a jerk or like trying to sell me something uh, then maybe not. But for the vast majority of you, I answer, and I'm usually pretty friendly, I think. it. You may have a different experience. Uh, email me and tell me if I suck <laughs> as, as a friend. Uh, tell me if, uh, if you were happy with my responses, I guess. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm floundering. It doesn't matter. Um, I mentioned in the in the tail end of last episode, I think the tail end, that uh, I'm looking into getting some cats, and uh, not any closer on that really, still doing some cleaning up around the house, but I, I feel like I should update that occasionally, uh, and just, uh, I'm, I'm still on uh, countdown to cats, on cat down to cats, is that is that a thing? Did, did we find an adorable name for me waiting on a cat to get into the house? Which, by the way, I'm gonna like adopt cats. I'm gonna like pay for them and and adopt them properly, and they'll be microchipped. I'm not just gonna wait for a, a cat or two to show up. I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna take proactive action on this thing. But uh, a little bit more stuff to do around the house first, particularly just looking at things going yeah. I bet one of them will knock that over. I should probably move that. That's part of what I'm doing. (laughs) But also just I gotta get some stuff fixed up that uh, it'll be easier to fix up without a cat underfoot. Or two, especially two. But uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to having cats sometime in the new year. And I'll be driving you nuts about that once it happens and apparently also before. Cat down. (laughs) To Derek and the pussycats. That's incidentally what I'm going to be calling us. We're going to be Derek and the Pussycats, and that is my Christmas card solved for the next, like, 10 to 15 years. Uh, that's got to be a good time. You're going to get Christmas cards from Derek and the Pussycats. It's going to be great. Uh, anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, and I don't want to waste a ton of your time at the top of the show. I know. Too late. I heard you say it. You Even if you only thought it. I heard that. It hurt. Hurt a little bit. Not going to lie to you. Thought we had a thing going here, man. But, alright, cool. Sorry I wasted your time here at the top. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll talk about the honorable mentions. And then we'll do the top ten list. You happy now? I've got a weird Mark Marinish energy about me today that I can't quite explain. New Year's Eve once again I'm wondering why I- Somewhere else, I'm all by myself. Somewhere else, someone's getting kissed. I wish my life were more than this, but I've been in bed. Okay, 2021 in music is behind us already. Can you believe that? Seemed like it was just this time of year last year, or something like that. Uh, I was shocked to see just how much new music I bought in the past year, uh, or in some cases just listened to, but in many cases bought. Uh, it's, uh, over 50 albums. It's over 50 records, many of which were in the first half of the year. So that, it, it, I, it, it, it ended up being a heck of a year for music and a pretty good one. I think I had a little bit of trouble narrowing it down this year. Uh, it, as any year, there's more to talk about than just the 10 that I'm gonna zero in on as the best. Uh, or, I, I, I don't even want to say the best, because there are probably better albums out there than some of the ones that I chose, but my favorites. Let's say my favorites. Uh, there's always more than 10 to talk about. So I want to do a section here just talking about the stuff that didn't quite make the top 10, but that I still... Bought and or listened to and liked and some of which I maybe didn't as much like or uh, haven't absorbed yet or that was ineligible for one reason or another. That's maybe the best place to start. The ineligible list is weird because this was a weird year. There are a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of stuff that made the list or the. I'm really going to do top fifteen because uh, there are honorable mentions that are just like. Uh, a gnat's wing away from the top 10, and those kind of get special attention. But uh, there's a a lot of stuff that normally would have been ineligible that ended up eligible, because we got weird releases from people like uh, Steve Earle and Prince and The Descendants, uh, and I feel like I'm leaving somebody out that I'll probably get to in a little bit, that are things that maybe were Older recordings that just haven't ever been released before, like Prince's new album, Welcome to America, that came out this year, that was completed several years ago and just ready to go and shelved because Prince was like that. He'd complete something and then toss it in the vault for who knows what reason. He was mysterious in that way. Uh, presumably if the world uh, ran out of music, Prince would have us covered, I guess. But uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff in the vault that we've never heard that, thankfully, some of it is seeing the light of day, and we got a Prince album this year that is old, but that no one has ever heard before. And is that a new release or isn't it? It kinda is, but it's confusing. Or like, uh, uh, oh, another one, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga put out an album this year. And none of those songs are in any way, shape, or form new. But it's a new recording, and it's Tony Bennett's last album. And how do you leave that off the list, you know? I guess mild spoiler alert there. But it's, you know, th- th- there are some weird decisions to make this year. So my list of ineligibles kind of shrunk, because once I decided one of them was going on, they all kind of were fair play. But there are a few that I still didn't want to toss on there. So, like, my... my ineligibles this year are obviously any compilation that can't count, but I also didn't put on the Tragically Hips' Saskadelphia for a couple of reasons. One, because it's an EP. It's not a full album. Two, because several of those songs existed in forms that fans had access to them before this release. A couple of them were performed live pretty regularly on the Road Apples Tour and so on. Uh, And a uh, third thing. I don't know. It, it, it was a posthumous release with Gord Downey having left us a few years ago, and uh, uh, those are always kind of questionable. But with it only being six songs, that's really why the Tragically Hip Saskadelphia didn't make it, even though I really liked it. Uh, also, Brian Wilson has a new release out called At My Piano that got very little attention, unfortunately. I had to order it. In fact, they didn't get it in at any of my record stores, at least not so I, I could tell. Uh, but it, uh, it, what it is, is it's Brian rearranging some of the old Beach Boys stuff for solo piano. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and I love it, but those are old Beach Boys songs. And uh, that's not gonna fly for my list, you know? That's an unfair advantage. So it doesn't get on there either. Uh, Also, Rufus Wainwright uh, released a couple of things, one of which is basically just a new performance of his Unfollow the Rules album, and then another thing that I really don't know what to do with, because it's a a joint venture that has some covers and stuff on it. It was just an odd—like, I don't even know where those two albums fit in his discography, much less if they're eligible as new releases, you know? So that's, that's really the extent of my ineligible list this year, is those handful of albums. Everything else was kind of fair game. Uh, there are some things I didn't get to. Uh, there are some things sitting around here that I haven't fully absorbed yet, that, and there are some things that I haven't bought yet. Um, and that list is quick. So like, here's stuff that, in a couple of years, I might look back on this and kick myself that, like, ah, oh, why didn't I love that album at the time? And, uh, uh, but I just, I, some of these I have, some of them I don't, but I, they just haven't sunk in yet. Uh, there's a new Neil Young album called Barn, which I've heard, but I haven't had enough time to decide if it's on the list, you know? Uh, the new My Morning Jacket album, titled My Morning Jacket, I got for Christmas and haven't really listened to yet. There's a new Mountain Goats album called Dark in Here that I didn't really absorb yet. There's a new Dropkick Murphys album called Turn Up That Dial that I got and listened to and liked and haven't returned to yet, because I haven't been in the mood, so uh, I'm sure that one deserves more attention than I'm giving it. There's a uh, a new Lord Huron—Huron? Huron? H-U-R-O-N? Like the Lake Huron? There's a new Lord Huron album called Long Lost that I've listened to and liked and uh, haven't absorbed fully. Uh, New Tori Amos, Ocean to Ocean, same deal. The new Dinosaur Jr., sweep it into space. I bought, I can't remember if I've even listened to it because I bought it on the day that my car problem started and my insurance company, Liberty Mutual Insurance, left me sitting in a parking lot for six hours uh, without sending a tow truck and lying to me repeatedly about sending a tow truck, which became very, very clear once I finally got a supervisor on the phone. Um, so I don't even know if I listened to that one. I I can't remember. Uh, I need to. I like Dinosaur Jr. Uh, the new Adele. I talked about that on last week's show. I feel like I need to spend more time with it before I decide if it goes on any kind of list. The new ABBA I got for, or ABBA, if you must, I got, uh, for Christmas and haven't listened to yet. Uh, haven't bought the new Rise Against yet. Haven't bought the new Alarm album yet. There's a, Technically, a David Bowie album out there that's quote-unquote new—it's an old new release called *Toy*, but it's currently only available in a box set with seven other albums that I already own, so I haven't gotten it. And also, I kind of already have it because those tracks were leaked to the internet years ago, and I downloaded them. And uh, also, he released most of it on his *Nothing Has Changed* *Nothing Has Changed* compilation a couple of years ago, so uh, that one wasn't eligible. Uh, and I don't have it, because <laughs> it's coming out in its own release here in the next month, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have an, an official re- release of it, but it, it it didn't make this list, you know? So there's there's the stuff that I kind of left behind, and the reasons why, but I do have a ton of honorable mentions, and kind of not-so-honorable mentions that were... Like, the honorable mentions, here's the difference. The honorable mentions is stuff that in any other year might have made the list, or that, looking back years from now, I might wonder what I was thinking and why it wasn't on the list. The not-so-honorable mentions are stuff, it's largely stuff that I liked, but I just wouldn't have had in consideration. You know what I mean? Like, you like an album, but uh, it's not one of my favorite albums, but yeah, it's a good album. That's my uh, not-so-honorable mentions. Not-so-honorable mentions sounds like I don't like them, so, like, don't misread that. I like every one of these albums I'm about to mention uh, enough to mention it, but uh, it just, like, th- this next list I'm gonna rattle off for you just wasn't eligible for the proper top ten. So the not-quite-so-honorable mentions are as follows. Uh, new Alice Cooper album, D- Detroit Stories. Liked it, didn't love it. New Foo Fighters album, Sorry Everybody, Medicine at Midnight, uh, just don't love it. I want to love it. I understand what they're doing with it. Steve Girl's Bowie album. There's one song on there I really can't stand. I think I talked about it on the show at the time, uh, and that kind of kills it for me. Uh, but there's some good stuff on there. A lot of them, as the kids say, slap. But uh, it just didn't make the list. New Foo Fighters album. There's a... Uh, I, did I talk about it on the last episode? I might have. There's a, um, there's a group called Jazz is Dead, that is a group. In fact, I know I talked about this. They're a group that is just a two-man group that records stuff and then brings in jazz greats to play on that stuff. And uh, they put out volumes six through ten. And uh, uh, volumes seven through ten didn't do as much for me as volume six. I'll leave it there for now. Uh, this one's a heartbreaker for me because this one didn't didn't wow me. I don't love Jason Isbell's Georgia Blue. I'm sorry. I really want to love Jason Isbell's Georgia Blue, but it a lot of the album Jason Isbell isn't even the guy singing on it. And that like I don't I don't want to buy a Jason Isbell album and hear someone else sing. I I want to hear Jason Isbell. And uh also the it's a covers album. It's all covers. Of artists associated with the state of Georgia, which is a cool idea, but I I, I don't I don't I don't know a lot of the songs, um, and I, that probably says more about me than it does the songs that he chose. But I I just don't know a lot of the songs, and uh, that's that's a problem. Um, really good version of Night Swimming by R- by REM. Really good version of Sometimes Salvation by the Black Crows. Uh, that's about where it stops for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love Jason Isbell. I really do. Still trying to, still trying to buy that Telecaster. Trying my ass off to figure out how to have enough money to buy that Telecaster of his. Uh, but, uh, just wasn't big on Georgia Blue. I'm sure I'll love the next thing. This is the first time in his solo career that I've gone, eh. But that's, that's where I am with it. Had to spend a little bit more time with that than I am the others, because I, I, love what he does so much, but that album just kind of missed me because of the nature of it, it being covers that I don't know, and he's not singing on a lot of it. Uh, But the couple I like, I really like, man. I I promise. But uh, I feel bad about saying any of that, except that I like a couple of songs. Moving on. The new Manchester Orchestra album, The Million Masks of God. I like it, but I find it a little bit repetitive, uh, so it wasn't ever really in consideration, even though it's a good album. And who knows, maybe years from now I'll look back and go, man, what was wrong with me? But it just, it felt a little bit too repetitive, especially vocally. There were a lot of the same tropes repeating. So it just didn't quite make the list for me. Uh, New album by Swallow the Sun. I talked about that on a recent episode. Moonflowers. Uh, Really good heavy metal that is occasionally interrupted and ruined by corpse vocals. So I like what I like, but I don't like what I don't like on it. Basically, uh, Weezer's album Van Weezer. I, I like it and it's fun and it's silly, but it's like the fact that it's silly kind of kept it from making the list. Basically, it would have felt like putting a Weird Al album on the list. Which don't get me wrong, if there's a Weird Al album on your list, I'm all about that, and we could talk about that all night. But uh, I just the I wanted something different out of Weezer, and I didn't get it on that one but I've got nicer things to say about the other release they had this year. Stay tuned for that in a moment. Uh, New one by His Golden Messenger, Quietly Blowing It. It's fine. Haven't really absorbed it. That maybe should even be on the other list, but it's fine. Just didn't quite make it for me. Uh, There's also a new Godspeed You Black Emperor album. I love that band. I really love that band, and this album is actually really good musically. The title of the album is God's Pee at State's End, which is a joke on their band name, but the album is called God's Pee at State's End. And sometimes a great album is fucked up by a terrible name, and that's what happened there, so it didn't make it anywhere near the list, because the name of the album is so ridiculously bad. And that's coming from a guy who owns and has repeatedly listened to a copy of the Big Black album Songs About Fucking, I didn't care for the name of that Godspeed album. That's where we are. So that's the not quite so honorable mentions, and uh, we're going to get into the honorable mentions now. This is stuff that, when I drew up my short list, was on the list to maybe be in the top ten, and I quickly realized, wow, I've got way too many entries here. There's going to be a lot of honorable mentions this year, and there certainly are. And we'll get into the list proper after I'm done with these, and we'll probably play some music between them. But uh, the honorable mentions, the stuff that almost made it, that maybe when I look back in a year or so from now, I'm going to be thinking, w- why was that an honorable mention and not at number two? You know, like, that's, that's what we're talking about right now. And that list goes a little something like this. By the way, this has all so far been in no particular order other than by category. This is in no way enumerated. Honorable mentions, uh, Cheap Trick, who I adore. Cheap Trick has a new album called In Another World that I really like that has a little bit of a production thing. There's something slightly weird about the sound that I haven't been able to put my finger on, But it's intriguing in a way that makes me listen closer, and that's actually kind of a good thing, when your album doesn't quite sound like anybody else's, and that's really appealing. Cheap Tricks in Another World, great album, but, you know, you gotta make cuts, man. I'm gonna be—my top ten list is 15, so uh, give me a break. Uh, Matthew Sweet has a new album out, too, called Cat's Paw. I think I talked about that on the show before— Really good album, kind of a different one for him, a little bit more personal and introspective in some ways, but still a really good Matthew Sweet album. For a while, it was on the list, and it just kind of got moved down when I started thinking about it a little bit more critically. Amelda uh, May, 11 Past the Hour is her new album. Really dig it. Really love it. It's great on a quiet night. Uh, you know, Maybe there's a little bit of a breeze or a gentle rain shower or something. You got some wine. You're going to listen to Imelda May and have a good time. That's a great album. Just didn't quite make it. Uh, Liquid Tension Experiment made a new one together called Liquid Tension Experiment 3 which uh, followed Liquid Tension Experiment 2, but that was almost 20 years ago, so it's been a minute. Uh, really loved it, really had a lot of fun listening to it. It was just cool to hear those guys doing that again, uh, but it wasn't quite list-worthy. Uh, I should stop saying that. I, I, you First of all, you know that. Second, it sounds demeaning, so we're going to stop saying that now. Uh, Annie DeFranco, or Annie DeFranco? Uh, Revolutionary Love. I talked about how much I liked that on a previous episode of the show, early in the year. Uh, really great album. I, I, she's making... I, I, I think I said at the time she's making pop music for wine drinkers, and I stand by that. Uh, Lucero's When You Found Me. Really interesting release from the band. Uh, it's it's I, I think I described it as a western episode of Doctor Who in how it sounds and uh, I I've list, I've gone back to it a lot and I really dig it and Lucero Lucero never quite does the same thing twice and I really appreciate that about them and this one's nice and weird in a way that I didn't expect with all the keys and stuff. so that's it's a really intriguing listen. Weezer, uh, their album okay Human, I really, really like. it's got. Uh, an orchestra involved. It's very different from what you expect from the band, because you you, know, you think of Weezer and you think about somebody, some, somebody destroying a sweater or uh, stuff like that. Uh, this is very different from that, and I liked it a lot. I liked OK Human quite a bit uh, kind of a double honorable mention in a row here. Guided by Voices put out two albums this year. One is called Earthman Blues. The other is called It's Not Them. It Couldn't Be Them. It is them. Uh, I like both of the albums. I like Earthman Blues a little bit more. I'm actually probably really going to regret not having that one on the list sometime in the future. But, uh, give me a break. You've been releasing two and three albums a year for like five years. You're not the only band. I'm exhausted and I need a minute. So uh, last year they did three and this year they did two. So that's a little bit of a respite, but, uh, I, I like these albums a lot. I got to listen to other stuff guys. (laughs) So that's kind of, that's kind of why GBV didn't make the list, even though they probably should. Uh, another great album that I think I talked about on the show that came out this year, Colleen Green's Cool. Uh, really like that album a lot, I, and I like that you can tell that the drums are kind of loops in places and that she's just kind of having fun doing this thing. It's The album's called Cool, and it certainly is. Uh, the War on Drugs put out a new one, an excellent springtime listen, if I may, called I Don't Live Here Anymore. Really like it? It's It's... Everything The War on Drugs does is a little bit different from the last thing they did, too, and I love that about them. Uh, The last one you could put on, and it had kind of a Velvet Underground-y feel about it. In fact, the cover even looked like a Velvet Underground album. And you could find yourself just, like, sailing through stoplights because you were just absorbed in the music and kind of tranced out. Uh, This one is less like that, but you might want a sunny day for it, is uh, all I'll say about the new War on Drugs album. Uh, Demi Lovato put out Dancing with the Devil, colon, The Art of Starting Over. Uh, I'm a recent convert to Demi Lovato's music. Really uh, like, uh, wait, her? I, I think she changed pronouns. I th- I, it, Demi Lovato, I think, goes by they, them now as pronouns. I don't want to be wrong about that, and I'm trying to barrel through this. I apologize if I'm wrong about that. I'm going to avoid saying any pronouns, not because I'm cheating, but because I don't want to misgender anybody. Uh, Demi Lovato released Dancing with the Devil, The Art of Starting Over, and it is a really great album that addresses really interesting parts of, uh, interesting parts, really personal parts of Demi Lovato's life, and uh, does it in a way that you just don't hear a lot. I really appreciated that album. That's another one that was very, very close and at one point on the top 10 list, and there was just so much music this year that it ended up getting edged out any other year that would be maybe even in the top five. It's a really great album. There's also a new Dream Theater album that's an honorable mention called A View from the Top of the World, which I like a lot, and it's another Dream Theater album, <laughs> and it's got some really cool riffs and stuff on it, uh, and it it, it it wasn't jaw-dropping, but it's a great Dream Theater album, and I honestly need to spend a little bit more time with it, uh, but I I really like it, and there's a—the Dream Theater fan in my heart that's been with them since the 90s really wants it to be on the top 10, but just kind of—just barely didn't make it, so it's it's in the honorable mentions— I said I was going to stop saying that, but here I am. Uh, Hayes Carl also put out a new one. Hayes Carl, one of the great voices and kind of country-slash-Americana right now that you should really be listening to if you're not. He, uh can switch on a dime between making you laugh to making you cry, and uh, he's great at that, and his new album, You Got It All, is uh, another great example of that. Nothing wrong with any Hayes Carl album you can pick up. The one before this was a little bit more personal and stripped down, but this is back to kind of his classic vibe. And uh, one last honorable mention, I am shocked that this isn't on the top 10. I would have sworn it was gonna be. I think I probably even said it would be when I talked to you about it at the time. The new album by Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever, is an honorable mention. Really, really dig it. It's I'm And I dig it in a way that I am surprised that I dig it, because by all rights, it's something that I shouldn't dig. Like, <laughs> like there's no way a guy like me should be a Billie Eilish fan, and yet, here we are, really like her a lot and the new album's great and it's made me investigate her old albums and I'm really glad that it's out there and I'm glad I'm getting into it uh just I'm I'm almost shocked at myself that it isn't on the list proper but hey after this little break that we're about to do we're gonna give you the list proper starting with uh we did all the honorable mentions there uh I just barely got the word mentions out that s was kind of detached try it again we just did all the honorable mentions there but uh we're now going to uh take a little break we're going to come back in with the runners up which is basically numbers 15 through 11 so that's what we're going to do we're going to we're going to go away we're going to come back and we'll give you numbers 15 through 11 and then hit the top 10 you ready i sure hope not for another 30 seconds because you've got a little bit of a pause here sorry There's a day in bed today To avoid myself And the weight of being alone All right, Checkmates. Away. I should have gotten the uh, Gene Simmons vocal effect on that and done it like uh, like Kiss used to do for their intros, which they probably still do. I don't know. I haven't seen Kiss in a number of years, but I can't imagine they dropped that. All right, checkmates! Uh, anyway, uh, we are going to do the top 10 now. We're actually going to start with the runners-up. We're going to do th- the top 15, really, but we're going to do 15 through 11 as runners-up. These are ones that it absolutely killed me not to put in the top 10 so they need a little bit of their own attention. So that's what you're getting here first, a little, little teaser to what your appetite, which if you've listened to this thing for a half hour through all the honorable mentions and whatnot, you should be you know, chomping at the bit by now, uh, if you care that much, which you don't. But, uh, like, there should really be no more teasing of your appetite happening, but it's my show, and I'm an idiot, so here you are. Uh, we're going to do numbers 15 through 11. These are the runners-up. These are the ones that it, it hurt me in, in my heart and in the heart of my hearts, which uh, is the small heart that is inside of my larger heart, in my heart of hearts. Uh, it hurt me there to not put these on the top 10 list for the year. So uh, get ready for that. <laughs> get your head in that space. Get, get, your, head, get your head into uh, my heart of hearts. Which cannot be good for my small heart that is inside of my larger heart. But get your head in there, because that's where it needs to be to understand just how much it hurt not to put these on there. And at number 15 is the new one by The Descendants, Ninth and Walnut. Um... Really good album. It's one of those that's a confusing one for this year because what it is is it's an album where everything was recorded back in the 90s and was ready for release. Would have come after, I think would have come after Everything Sucks, but for whatever reason, it just kind of didn't get finished. Vocal tracks were never done. Uh, since that time, the band lineup has changed. One of the members actually has sadly passed away since that time, uh, and but they still had these recordings sitting around. And when the shutdown happened, when the pandemic occurred and nobody could tour, lead vocalist Milo returned to the album, recorded his vocal tracks at home, and they put out the album. We've never heard any of these songs before, but they're from the 90s, technically, except for the vocal parts, which are from 2020. So is that a new release? Or is that archival, or what is it, you know? This is, there's a lot of that happening right now, and I decided, the hell with it. It's going on my list, or pretty close anyway. At one point it was on the list, but other stuff happened. It's in here at number 15, The Descendants, Ninth, and Walnut. Great Descendants album. I need to spend a little bit more time with it, because I haven't been in a big punk rock place lately. been listening to the Beatles nonstop since the Get Back documentary, but I just haven't been in a big punk rock place. But when I do, this album's going to hit all the right beats and I'm going to be yelling at everybody about it. So get ready for that because I don't think I've even reviewed it on the show before right now, but it's, it's, it's a really good Descendants album and it deserves to get some special attention here. At number 14 is an album that fell out of the sky, fell out of the blue, a lightning from a clear blue sky, as the phrase goes. Uh, I didn't know anything about this act I still only glancingly, uh, glancingly, glancingly. Glancing I still only glancingly know things about this act. Uh, I one day was in my car and I was taking out one CD to put in a different CD, and the stereo, the radio came on, and uh, our local station KDHX here in in St. Louis, Missouri. Check out KDHX if you're local. Um, KDHX came on, and they play weird stuff and stuff that I, you know, indie stuff and stuff that I've never heard before, and there's this song playing, and it's beautiful, and I just knew I had to have it, and I had to have the album that it was on, and it turned out that that song was, ta- was Tactics by the band Japanese Breakfast off their new album, Jubilee, and I loved that song, and I bought the album, and I loved the whole rest of the album. It's wonderful, it's uh, maybe best listened to on a on a sunny day, but where like one of those days where it's sunny but also raining, uh, you know how that happens sometimes. That's that's probably the ideal day to listen to this album. Japanese Breakfast Jubilee just captured my heart from out of nowhere. And again, this is another one that was in the top ten for a little bit before it got edged out by some really cool stuff that came out here at the end of the year. But uh, Japanese Breakfast Jubilee really love that album, really really do, and it it deserves to be. In this segment of the show, I guess, In uh, at number thirteen, the I've talked about the Jazz Is Dead collection already a little bit on this episode. I talked about it at greater length on the previous episode. The Jazz Is Dead stuff, uh, Jazz Is Dead Volume Six, featuring Gary Bartz. That's in at number thirteen for me. Uh, I just heard it. I hadn't. I didn't know much about it other than that it existed. And uh, I, I I picked it up and I listened to it uh, just really on a whim. I just saw it and thought, okay, that's something about that intrigues me. And I listened to it and I just got lost in it and just thought, wow, this is really, really great. And of the 10 things that are out there in the Jazz is Dead label right now, that's hands down my favorite, is Jazz is Dead number six featuring Gary Bartz. You're going to want to check that out if you're into that kind of thing. I am all about that kind of thing, and I really, really loved it. Not to sound like a broken record, but that's another one that was almost on the list. It was almost in the top ten and just barely didn't make it. That's true of all five of these. Moving on to number twelve, I was shocked to find that this didn't make it into the into the top ten once I started having to having to make some hard choices. This was a hard choice and that is The Hold Steady's new album, Open Door Policy. It's a great Hold Steady album. I'll tell you this, the second half isn't as good as the first half, and that's kind of what pushed it down off of the top ten, but there are some real bangers on this album that are going to be in my playlists for just years and years to come. Open Door Policy, The Hold Steady, it is a special Hold Steady release. It's, It's... worthy of any acclaim that it gets. It deserves to be on my top 10 list. And, like, even while I'm talking to you right now, I'm kind of second-guessing it, but it's in at number 12 right now. And any other year, any other year, it'd be in the top five. Really great album. You should check it out if you're a Hold Steady type of person, or if you even just kind of like their genre. You'll dig that album. In at number 11, already talked about it a little bit, the new album by Prince, Welcome to America, the one that he recorded years ago and shelved for no discernible reason, that uh, came out this year and baffled everybody because it was new Prince music, but how? He's He's been gone for a few years. Well, it turns out that he was uh, an unusual gentleman, and he set some stuff away for us, maybe for just this occasion, you know? So... I, I bought that because I'm a big Prince fan when it came out. It, oh, there's Prince music that I haven't heard before mine and listened to it and loved it. There's a baffling cover of a Soul Asylum song on there, but he does it more than just in the justice. In fact, he does it better than Soul Asylum did it. It's a great album. It again kills me that it's not in the proper top 10, but here it is in the runners up and any other year, man, I promise you, any other year, top five. Top five with that Prince album. But this is just one of those years that the top ten made me make some really hard choices. And uh, honestly, it was a hard choice to even figure out what was going to be at number ten. Because any one of the ones I'm about to talk about in another year might be a number one. So are you ready? I can't hear you. I said, are you ready? I'm aware that we're not in the same room, and I can't hear you responding. Uh I'm just full of beans here tonight. Uh, we're going to do it right now. Top 10. Get ready, folks. We're starting at number 10, and we're work- working all the way up to number 1. And at number 10, my number 10 favorite album of the year of the 50-plus albums that I have talked about, and at number 10 is Steve Earle and the Dukes, JT. I was sure this would be in my top five. I was sure it would be in my top three back when it came out. I probably said as much in that episode of the podcast. I don't know. I haven't listened back to it since. But uh, this is a great album. It's another one of those weird ones that does it count or does it not? This year, all those rules are off for me. This one counts, and it counts big. This album is a cover album, which is normally a problem for me. There's only one original song on it. Uh, they're all older songs, you know, by way of definition of them being covers. Uh, it's unusual. It, it doesn't, there are things that just should disqualify from my list, but when you hear what it's about, how can you possibly keep it off of a list? Because what this album is, is it's Steve Earle playing... 10 songs that were written by his now sadly deceased son, Justin Towns Earl, who passed away in August of 2020 at the age of 38. And uh, Steve Earl, obviously heartbroken by that, got his band together and they covered 10 of Justin's songs. And then the 11th song is a song that Steve Earl wrote in tribute to his son about the last words that they shared together. Uh, Steve Earle has said of that song, it's the only song I've ever written where every word is true. I don't even know how the hell he finished the album, much less how I could possibly not list it in my top ten. It's a beautiful tribute, but even if it weren't a tribute, it'd still be a really damn good album because Justin Towns Earl wrote great songs and he got that from his dad. Steve Earle's JT, and at number ten boy, any other year would that be higher on the list. But in at number nine, just edging it out, the new album by Sunvolt, Electro Melodier, I believe is how you say it. It's one of those old-timey words that could be anything. Uh, Sunvolt, of course, is from the St. Louis area. They're one of the bands that really helped establish what alternative country and sort of Americana was going to be. I mean, really, Uncle Uncle Tupelo did that, the band that sort of led to Sunvolt and Wilco. But uh, Sunvolt is one of the bands that really helped establish everything. Now, it has to be said, this is not the same lineup of Sunvolt that it was in the 1990s. The only member that's in the band is Jay Farrar. That was a bitter pill for me to swallow for a long time. But once you start listening, you realize, oh, well, Jay Farrar really really knows what he's doing and is still releasing music that sounds vital and fresh and genre defining and uh I'm I'm fine with him using the name you know like I'm sure the other guys probably had to sign off on it they may get a royalty out of it I'm I'm cool with it now it's fine still don't love the honky tonk album but I like this one a lot uh electromelodier feels like an old friend the first time you hear it and that Just always makes it onto my top ten, man. Number nine on my top ten favorite albums of 2021, Sunvolt's Electro Melodier. Number eight on my top ten favorite albums of 2021, a little bit of a different choice for me, the new one by Mastodon called Hushed and Grim. Mastodon is a heavy metal band, if you're not familiar. If you're not familiar, then you haven't been listening to me talk about heavy metal for the past several years. Uh, Hushed and Grim is a double-disc affair, uh, Mastodon is one of those acts that when I like them, I really, really like them. And when I don't really, really like them, I just kind of go, yeah, it's fine. Uh, so like I did that with their album, Emperor of Sand. I kind of went, yeah, it's fine. Perfectly good Mastodon album. Doesn't wow me. But Hush and Grim wowed me. It's a two disc affair. I think I just said that. Uh, so it's a longer one and that's always a risk. Uh, but I was, I was startled to find that I was just as invested on the last song of disc two, as I was on the first song of disc one, um, I feel like some of my consonants on that last sentence didn't come out right, so I'm gonna say it again. I was just, <laughs> I was just as invested on the last song of disc two as I was on the first song of disc one. I loved the album throughout. It's gloomy. It's doomy. It's abrasive it's sludgy it's heavy it's dark and that's the kind of metal i like as long as there's not corpse vocals over it and the guy in mastodon actually sings so uh just a win all around nice long album with great metal songs and a singer that doesn't piss me off great album mastodon's new album hushed and grim in at number eight with a bullet frankly although we don't update this every week but if we did it'd have a bullet uh and at number seven in a weird turn from talking about a metal band and at number seven is the new album by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga called Love for Sale that's that's a jarring left turn after Mastodon Mastodon was kind of a left turn itself after Sunvolt and Steve Earle but now we're talking about Tony Bennett a crooner. Along with uh, Lady Gaga, who, if you checked out on Lady Gaga, by the way, uh, back in the days when she was still poking faces, uh, you made a mistake, because she is a great singer. She's a phenomenal entertainer, uh, but a great singer. Like, you. I can't say enough about how good her voice is, and how moving her voice is, and she's a great songwriter as well. And the pairing with Tony Bennett was perfect on their previous album, Cheek to Cheek. It remains perfect on Love for Sale. This is another album that I I think I already said I had some reservations about because, well, none of these songs are anything like new, but it's also probably the last album we're ever going to get from Tony Bennett as a new album. I'm sure something archival will come out in future years, but Tony Bennett sadly has uh, Alzheimer's disease and has announced his retirement and uh, this is probably it, folks. This is probably the last thing he's going to record. And I love Tony Bennett. I've loved Tony Bennett since I was a teenager. Not everybody would guess that, but it's true. And uh, I, there was just no way that this wasn't going to be in my top ten. And it's in at number seven, because you've got one of my all-time favorite crooner-type singers, jazz-type singers, Tony Bennett, singing with the phenomenal Lady Gaga. And she is phenomenal, and you need to accept that. So love for sale, in at number seven. In at number six, hey, here's another weird turn. The new album by Iron Maiden, and I'm going to pronounce it senjutsu, because I don't know how you say that, because I don't speak Japanese. Uh, But that's it. It's it's your standard Maiden album. I'm not going to say it isn't. It's another two-disc affair. Uh, so it's it, it, which honestly probably could have been pruned down to one disc and maybe even been a little bit stronger. But as a two disc, it is still great. Maiden writes stuff now that you don't even have to be a metal fan to like. They sort of transcend the genre into being just their own thing and you hear Iron Maiden and immediately know it's Iron Maiden, and you go, oh, hey, new Iron Maiden song. That sounds cool. And you listen to it, and then you go, what does Eddie look like on this album? (laughs) On this one, he's a samurai. And it's just against a... Black background. That's kind of tame. And then you open the CD because you're awesome and you bought the physical product, and you get treated to glorious art that's really cool that would have been a way better album cover, but they put it on the inside to reward those of us who bought the CD. Uh, it's great. It's a great experience being a maiden fan. It's a lot of fun being a maiden fan, and this is a great metal album that. Almost doesn't feel like metal, it just feels like an epic recording of an epic band. It's in at number six, the new Iron Maiden. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce it again, but you can look that up. At number five, the new album by Modest Mouse. Been a minute. Been a minute since I've had a Modest Mouse album on the uh, the old Top Ten. Been a minute since Modest Mouse has had a new album. But Modest Mouse released the album The Golden Casket. This year, and I've been a Modest Mouse fan since the same time all of you have been a Modest Mouse fan. From the first time I heard them on the "Good News for People Who Love Bad News" album, uh, first time I heard them, they were playing on David Letterman actually, and they did the song "Satin in a Coffin," and it has the chorus, "Are you dead or or are you sleeping? God, I sure hope you are dead." Uh, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need more of it, and I went out and bought the album that weekend and I haven't looked back. I now have all of their stuff. I listen to it semi-regularly, and I love it. Uh, the new one, The Golden Casket, is great. It's a psychedelic experience and trip, despite the fact that the first song is called Fuck Your Acid Trip. It's, it has a foot very deep into psychedelia, but it retains that modest, mousy goodness that you've come to depend on. I really love it. I fell in love with it early, and I I have continued going back to it and back to it and back to it this year. Great album. Modest Mouse's The Golden Casket is at number five. Folks, we're in the top five. We just did number five in the top five. We're getting so close to number one. Don't you just want to know what it is? If you've been to the blog, you can probably guess there was a picture there. Also, gonna spoil it in my Facebook status. Anyway, and at number four is an album I talked about last week on the show, or a week before, or two weeks before, sometime, uh, is the album by Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders, Promises. Really cool album. I, I, I can't remember exactly when I talked about this thing, because I do a lot of talking, uh, but Promises is, uh, Pharaoh Sanders, let's just start there, is a legend of jazz. Apart from his own stuff as a band leader, which is phenomenal, he also worked with the likes of Coltrane and Sun Ra, and he's just one of those one of those names. And uh, I thought he had retired. I think most people thought he had retired. Uh, maybe he had retired. But he teamed up with Floating Points, which is really just kind of one guy. And uh, Floating Points is known as an electronic music project. Uh, Oh, and by the way, they also teamed up with the fucking London Symphony, uh, the the London Symphony Orchestra also on here. So the Electronica stuff that's on here is minimal and is in the background, and you might not even notice it, but if it went away, you would like super notice that it wasn't there. So it's kind of perfect. It's kind of a perfect balance there. I don't know who reached out to who, I don't know the story on how this happened, but I am so glad it did. It's ambient. It's uh, relaxing. It's very spacey in places. People who don't like that kind of thing would call it boring. I call it beautiful. Uh, so Floating Points and Pharoah Sanders Promises in at number four. I can't get enough of that album. I just keep listening to it, especially when it's raining. Any, any jazz album is great in the rain. That's just something you have to learn. Uh, I really love that album, especially on a rainy day. In at number three. We are in the top three, in the home stretch here. In at number three is an album that I was not only surprised to find in my top ten, I was surprised to find it in the top three, because I I gave it a chance just because I sort of wanted to, because I know this is a friend of Jason Isbell's, and it got my attention, and I bumped into it in, in a record store, and I thought, Ah, what's the worst that can happen? And I listened to it, and the best happened. And I'm talking about the new album by legendary musician David Crosby, the album for free. It is beautiful, it is wonderful. The first time I heard it, my breath was taken away. His voice sounds as good as it's ever sounded. His writing is better than it's ever been. And the second time I listened to it, I realized, wow, I retained melodies and phrases from the first listen, and it was a couple of weeks later when I listened to it the second time, and it still was familiar the second time. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how anyone can do that now, but David Crosby did it. For Free is a great album that deserves to be on your shelf, and deserves to stand up there with the great albums of the guys still working from the 60s, because you may be familiar with them from, I don't know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, or uh, 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 Crosby, Stills, and Nash, <laughs> or Crosby, and Nash, and Crosby, and Stills, and Crosby, and Young, or Crosby, and Crosby, or the damn birds, who's in the birds, uh, David Crosby, uh, one of the all-time greats. One of those names that we'll always mention as one of the great musicians of the 60s. Still doing incredibly vital work now, and you should really hear it. For Free is a beautiful album. I'm very, very happily surprised to see it in at number three. I, I Breathtaking. Breathtaking album. Another one that absolutely floored me the first time I heard it, and the first time I heard The Artist. I heard The Artist before I heard the album... And at number two is the self-titled album by Buffalo Nichols. Buffalo Nichols is a roots rock performer who I saw this year at the only concert that I've been to in the past two years. He opened for Drive-By Truckers, and I was blown away. Uh, He, like I said, does roots rock stuff. It's basically just acoustic uh, and vocal. That's most of what you're going to get, and it's just amazing. It's a guy who—he's uh, a, a black gentleman, that's important to what I'm going to say next—it's a guy who is taking a music style that we white people stole from his people, and he's showing us why we should have been doing more listening than singing, because he's taking Root's music back. I don't know how to say that exactly, but it's what's happening— He's describing the black experience in a way so clear that even a pasty white idiot like me goes, "Wow, I get it now." It's moving, it's emotional, it's evocative, at times it's almost charming as roots music tends to be. I'm 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 going to go I'm going to go really far with what I'm about to say and uh Know that I know that. Know that I know how bold of a statement this is that I'm about to say. If Robert Johnson were alive today, he would be telling you to listen to Buffalo Nichols. That's how good it is. I'm not saying it's better than Robert Johnson. Don't misread me there. I'm saying if Robert Johnson were around right now and someone said to him, Robert Johnson, who do you like in today's, in today's uh, music? He would say, I love Buffalo Nichols. And that's me not knowing shit about Robert Johnson as a person, mind you, but uh, I I just have a feeling that, that Buffalo Nichols would be absolutely name-checked in that conversation. It's great. You should hear it. I'm shocked that I didn't give it to everybody for Christmas. It's it's just a wonderful album. But it uh, it got to number two, and it was just barely edged out by the number one record that really is at number one partially because of brand loyalty and because of a roughly 20-year musical love affair that I've been having with this particular artist. Underline musical love affair. She's in no way involved in this other than I really like her music. It's all on my end. She knows not of me, although she has responded to me on Twitter a couple of times. I should stop talking about this. It's coming across weird. Uh, The number one album... (laughs) My number one favorite album of 2021 is the new album by Amy Mann called Queens of the Summer Hotel. You ready to be a little bit surprised? This is the first time Amy Mann has been number one on one of my top 10 lists, which seems impossible, but I went back and looked. She's placed every time since I got into her music, but she hasn't been number one, not any year. She is this year. She's my number one album this year. I'm sure she's thrilled, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but for whatever reason, she's always been on the list, but just hasn't had the number one spot. And this time, she absolutely does. Queens of the Summer Hotel is some of her best work. It's a little bit different from some of her other stuff. It's uh, I've heard it described as a chamber pop, which basically means it's very acousticy and there are strings. You know, and not really like drums and that kind of thing, but acoustic and strings and her vocal. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I, you can call it chamber pop if you want to. I'm just going to call it fucking beautiful. It's her standard songs about mental illness. I mean, you know, <laughs> in fact, that taken to the nth degree... I, I talked about it recently on the show. It's uh, it's an album that was inspired by the book uh, Girl Interrupted by Susanna Kaysen. I've talked about that book on the show as well. What Girl Interrupted is, uh, don't watch the movie, or if you do watch the movie, please know that the book is better. Uh, the book is a true memoir. It's not, it's not a movie script. It's a memoir of uh, Susanna's time spent institutionalized, somewhat against her own will, in the uh, 1960s, I believe. And her experiences there, and the people that she met there, the book is wonderful. It's charming, and it's funny in places, and it turns on a dime to make you just want to cry your eyes out or scream at the authorities in in the same passage. And only about 150 pages. You can make it through reading this thing, and you really should. Uh, Girl Interrupted is a great great book, and Amy Mann announced that she was writing songs based on Girl Interrupted, and I just thought, what a perfect combination, you know? Um, Because I actually, I hadn't read Girl Interrupted, but I knew sort of what it was about, and I heard that Amy Mann was doing these songs, and I went out and bought a copy of Girl Interrupted and read it in like a day, I think in two settings, two or three anyway, and just absolutely fell in love with it and started yelling about it to everybody, and a number of people were like, yeah, we, we know. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, when something's new to you, you get excited. Uh, wonderful book, and it just seemed like a match made in some place for Amy Mann to be doing an album of songs based on that book, and it was just just a perfect marriage. It's so beautiful, and so she... She, uh, the lyrics that she, she writes are just, were already a fit for the subject matter, even if she had never come into contact with the subject matter. Like, so much of what she writes is already the soundtrack to that book. Uh, it's just perfect. I, I, I can't imagine a more perfect relationship between source material and the final product. It's gorgeous. It's a wonderful adaptation, but it also works if you don't know the book. If it, it it probably works better if you do. If it has a failing, it's that it really helps to read the book. But on the other hand, it's not that hard to read the fucking book. So it's you know, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um, but I think it works even if you if, even if you haven't read the book after giving it a lot of thought. and um, it's it's just wonderful. It's just a perfect album, it's just a perfect release. Amy Mann at number one for the very first time. She's at number one on my top 10 list for this year with Queens of the Summer Hotel. And that's it. That's it, checkmates. That's the top 10 list for 2021. I hope you had a good time hearing it. I sure had a good time yelling it at you. I think that was, a, that was a pretty good episode. I had fun. Did you have fun? Again, I realize I can't hear you answering, but I'm trying to engage you a little bit, make you feel like you're part of this. Is this working? Email me at db at derekbrink.com and tell me if this is working. Bet it's, bet it's not working. Anyway, I had a lot of fun with that one. Hope you did, too. Hope maybe you got a few ideas of where to spend any money that you got for Christmas if you're in that kind of family or situation. Uh, Or just spend money that you have on things that I like. That fell apart. Uh, Look, Happy New Year, because this is going up on New Year's Eve, I think. And uh, I hope you guys all have, uh, and girls, and uh, other... I'll have a wonderful new year. Uh, it's uh, 2021, and 2020 have been so hard on everybody. And I know so many of us are just looking for maybe a better year one of these years. And I hope 2022 is that for all of us. I uh, especially hope that I especially I especially hope that it's that for you because hey, you deserve it. If nothing weird happens, I believe our next episode is probably going to be the long-promised Happy Now episode, where I talk about my album Happy Now, and all the influences that went into it, and I just play the whole thing and talk over it, ruining your experience of the album for the whole episode. I think that's what we're going to do next time, finally. I've got that one actually in the can already, most of it. I'll need to do an intro and an outro. You don't care about that part. doesn't really affect you. But uh, I think that's what we're going to listen to next time. I think we're going to do the Happy Now episode finally to start the year because I won't have a lot of other stuff to start the year with. And maybe at some point in the year the uh, cat down will uh, 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 finish up and I'll be able to talk to you about adorable little cats that will be running around my house probably knocking over my microphone and stuff while I'm trying to do this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I, th- I think that's going to be great. Um, but hey sincerely, happy new year. Please be safe. Uh, COVID numbers are on the rise throughout the country. Big surprise that that should happen right after Thanksgiving and Christmas. Gee, who would have guessed? But, uh, COVID numbers are on the rise and we've got that whole new variant out there, the Omicron variant. And, uh, please be careful. Please be safe please get vaccinated if you are not yet vaccinated get boosted if you are and are eligible to be i'm trying to schedule my own shot i feel bad that i haven't yet but uh uh yeah do do the safe thing do the smart thing wear a mask as much as you can when you can't social distance and by the way i think we all uh know that social distancing works the best so maybe try that a little bit Uh, But be safe, be safe, be safe, and be responsible as we still confront this ongoing pandemic. We're going to get through it. I don't know how, but we're going to get through it, and uh, we can all be part of the answer to that. So please be the answer. Uh, Apart from that, please remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Should old acquaintance be forgot